Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. There may be storms developing later. We're listening to Hector Berlioz's epic and aptly named Symphonie Fantastique. Berlioz is writing about a young artist. We know it's him who's fallen madly in love with an idealised version of a young woman inspired by the Shakespearean actor Harriet Smithson. It's a 45-minute drug-fuelled dream sequence. We're listening to this across three episodes because there's a lot to say and lots to hear. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, I urge you to go back to get the full story from the beginning. We're at part three, scene in the country, and Berlioz's own words tell that story best. Finding himself one evening in the country, he hears in the distance two shepherds piping a song in dialogue. This pastoral duet, the scenery, the quiet rustling of the trees gently brushed by the wind, the hopes he has recently found reason to entertain, all come together to afford his heart an unaccustomed calm and to give a more cheerful colour to his ideas. He reflects upon his isolation. He hopes that his loneliness will soon be over. But what if she were deceiving him? This mingling of hope and fear, these ideas of happiness, disturbed by black presentiments, form the subject of this movement. At the end, one of the shepherds takes up their song again, but the other no longer replies. There's only the sound of distant thunder. Loneliness. Silence. So what are the real-life situation as Berlioz was writing this? Berlioz wrote Symphony Fantastique quickly, in the hope of performing it with Harriet Smithson, the inspiration and object of his desires, in the audience. But she didn't come. The orchestra, on only a couple of rehearsals, struggled with the piece, and the show was not a success. Later, in 1832, Berlioz was back in Paris after two years in Rome, he was still obsessed with Harriet Smithson, a newly unengaged from someone else. And he made some changes to the piece and had it performed again. This time, there she was, sitting in a prominent box as Berlioz's guest, with Berlioz sitting at the back of the band, gazing out at her. She got the message. And eventually, after much persuasion on his part, culminating in Berlioz actually taking an opium overdose in front of her, followed by an antidote, she and Berlioz were married. A couple of things about the music before we hear it. The opening shepherd song is given to the oboe and its deeper, darker sibling, the cor anglais. The oboe player is off stage, so you really get the feeling of distance that Berlioz wanted us to hear. At the end, Berlioz comes up with another innovation, with the thunder provided by four timpani, the tuned drums that one sees at the back of almost every orchestra. But this was the first time that anyone had asked Timpani to play chords like this. In fact, Berlioz was the first person to ask a timpanist to play more than one drum at the same time. It's a small thing, but it's kind of revolutionary. In between the shepherd's song and the thunder, there's all of those hopes, dreams and worries that Berlioz tells us about. It's often beautiful music, with frequent and sometimes disguised appearances from his lover theme. Let's have a listen, click on the show notes to find the music, and then please give us a comment at cacophonyonline.com or on the Cacophony Facebook page. I'm not quite as needy as the young Berlioz, but it is nice to hear from you. 
please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Thanks for listening, and come back for more next time, because it's about to get a bit crazy. <laughs>